0: FM breakfast show with the double L team Lyle and
1: Lawson. That's right, you are listening to the breakfast show this morning. It is a beautiful, cloudy, hazy overcast Monday here in Newcastle. And you are joined by Lawson and
2: It's Mon. Good so, morning. So not
1: quite Lyle and Lawson.
2: Not quite Lyle. Lyle is, I don't know, disappeared.
1: We've upgraded. Yeah. <laughs>
2: You say that joke every time and I love it Yeah, every yeah, time. Well, because it's, it's true.
1: Uh, it's, it's like, when did I say I was joking? <laughs> Wait, actually, where is Lyle right now? Where did he he's, go?
2: He, I think they're having some sort of ministers' meetings. I don't know. Oh, yeah. yeah DJ okay. Shell they're is all, nodding They're ahead. all
1: meeting together. They're all making sure that they're doing God's work. And that is amazing. Amen. That's actually Amen. awesome. Like, yeah. Praise God for that. And I, th- I think it would be a good time for Lyle and for the rest of the ministers in this area to, yeah. to get together well, and say, Well, it's been hey, the
2: first time they've been able to have these meetings since COVID, so so that's kind of like oh, two years really? overdue. So they've got some stuff to work out. So yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah, some stuff to get done. But, well, yeah. praise the Lord for so that. If you'll have me, I'll be here for most of the week. <laughs> I mean, otherwise, if not, you can just do it right by yourself.
1: <laughs> I, I mean, like I'm not. Like, <laughs> like I'm... <laughs> Kind <laughs> of like, take it or leave it, you know? <laughs> like, no, but hey, Monica, what are you grateful for this week?
2: Oh, moment? I am so grateful for a really wonderful weekend. Uh, we celebrated Christmas in July, and I'm so excited about it. So, Merry Christmas, everyone. Is it still July? Yeah, it's still July. Merry yeah, Christmas, Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> Christmas in July, it was eh? so
2: good, dude. It, it sounds so kind of,
1: like, sacrilegious. What? Like, well, not necessarily sacrilegious, but, like, against tradition. And it's just, like, <laughs> it's just... You
2: against tradition? Are you?
1: Yeah, well, sometimes I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, uh, sometimes I'm for tradition. Sometimes I'm against it. You're listening to the Breakfast Joe podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. While well, listening to the Breakfast Show, and right now it has come time for the first question of the quiz
2: Woo-hoo!
1: of the week.
2: The first quiz question. Yeah. The first quiz. Yeah. Yeah. I said You're first ready? question of the quiz. You ready? Yeah,
1: I'm ready, dude. I am so already. ready. Yeah.
2: Okay. In Bible prophecy, a beast is used to symbolically represent what?
1: Wow. Oh that is a good question. I can even, I could are we allowed to give them a reference so that they can find out what it means? Okay.
2: No. I don't think so. Oh yes, okay. DJ Shell says yes.
1: Daniel Daniel seven verse seventeen. That's that's yeah, for cry. for those people out there. I'm pretty sure that's the verse. For those people out there who maybe, you know, <laughs> don't. that's
2: not a bum steer. <laughs> <You're> <laughs> <Yeah>. like...
1: <laughs> <laughs> maybe I'm leading them the channel the wrong way. Just, yeah. I'm pretty sure it's Daniel seven seventeen. If it's not 17, it's somewhere in that chapter, in that vicinity. Uh, but, hey, I'm giving that advice to people who maybe aren't regular mm-hmm. church attenders. If you are a regular church attender, we would advise you, hey, try and, you know, Take use your your wealth of knowledge that you've learned whilst at church, you know engaging in the Bible and Bible study. but if you're not a regular church attender, Daniel seven seventeen I'm pretty sure that's where it says it. zero four nine one
2: zero six four six six nine is now, the number to call. What to is the prize for this week? Uh, The prize is The Hope of Glory. It's actually a devotional boxed gift set. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, so it's it's several books in one by the looks of it. Uh, It's written by E.G. White. It's two books in one. Yeah, it's a box set written by E.G. White um, with uh, John Bradshaw. It's a beautiful, beautiful book. Look at that. It's a beautiful uh, Uh sunrise over the mountains. The Hope of Glory devotional boxed gift set. Um, by E. G. White and John Bradshaw, definitely oh, want to get a amazing. hands on that expensive book.
1: That's incredible. <laughs> Can we this? Well, 669. What was that question in again? In
2: Bible prophecy, a beast is used to symbolically represent what?
1: You know what? I'm I'm just sending it. Daniel seven seventeen is absolutely the correct verse. <laughs> I I know for a fact in my brain, <laughs> and therefore, if you find that verse, you will find the answer.
2: Is this like you know the fact that Christmas and July are sacrilege? I can't believe you accuse me of sacrilege.
1: Well it's not that you're more more you could say like traditional edge because I we-
2: love Christmas. I used to be a hater growing up. I used uh-huh. to think it was cool to think that Christmas was a waste of time, it was all consumerism and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> But, but now I'm fully into it. In fact, do you know what? Do you want to, do you want to hear a crazy story? About what I did last week? Uh-huh. Last week I went to the doctor to find out what was wrong with me. You know, how I've been sick for a month. Yeah. Yeah, I got my test results. Turns out everyone that I had adenovirus. And I just want to say thank you so much to the people who've been texting in and saying they were praying and giving me health advice. You had what? Adenovirus. What's that? No, oh, it's kind of like a flu. <laughs> <laughs> I'm over it now. I've taken the antibiotics. I'm eating yogurt every day. Nice. And um, yeah, I'm feeling a lot better. But I had to get sent to get some more testing, and you know when you finish the doctor, and you always feel a little bit glum. And yeah. I was walking back to my car, yeah. and I walked past a pop-up Christmas shop. Uh-huh. <laughs> I was so happy. You walk into a Christmas shop, and you just feel happy. Anyway, I impulse purchased a seven and a half foot Christmas tree for Christmas. Yeah,
1: in July.
2: And just in case you forgot, forgotten, I literally live in a bus. <laughs> <laughs> I literally for over a year now have lived in a camper van traveling around Australia. I don't know where, like the tree is bigger, like it's taller than my whole rig so, yeah, Anyway.
1: I mean, you can give it to me.
2: I, no, <laughs> no. I actually, I, I offered to loan it to DJ Shell, uh-huh. uh, but I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to post it down to my parents in Tasmania.
1: Post it?
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, because you know, you can dis- disassemble it and put it in a box. Okay. Yeah. yeah and um, Even
1: the box is pretty big.
2: Uh, I, I have some tricks up my sleeves. Seven and, half,
1: seven and a half foot is big.
2: Yeah, I know. Such as, like, man, you're just <laughs> accepting your fate. You're just like, yeah, this it's is. It's a beautiful this tree. This is who I
1: am. I buy seven and a half foot Christmas trees. <laughs> oh. I don't have anywhere to put them. That's my <laughs> life. I'm. My name's Monica, and you're listening to Faith FM.
2: <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. <laughs> What's happening
1: in the world of positively different? news? I
2: have such good news, dude. So, an executive at Nike. Okay. or Nike, depending on how you Nike. want to say it, uh-huh. uh, has quit his job um, because he's become disillusioned with fast fashion and he's taken a strike at sustainable fashion. And I just want to say, this is actually becoming a massive problem. Like, Let me describe to you a little bit how big of a problem it is. So fast fashion is when they create like, micro-seasons. Like, it used to just have, like, the 2022 season of fashion, right, and the style. And, like, for a decade, nothing really changed a lot. But now, like, retailers are pushing micro-fashion, uh, micro-seasons, like, they're as long as a week, mm. and they're trying to push the change so that people buy more, buy more. And they've created, um, you know, this this cycle where they – Manufacture clothing really cheaply out of poor materials like fabrics that don't biodegrade. They're just trash fabric. Polyester is basically plastic, and um, and people buy this cheap fashion because it's affordable to them, and then it's suddenly out of style really quickly. And so they turf it because it you know, didn't really cost much. And they buy some new stuff, and women, like women in particular, our wardrobes are just bursting with clothes that we don't wear, don't wear often, can't wear often because they fall apart. And then it's actually created such a problem that women decide they want to donate this clothing, women's clothing in particular. And so they're like, oh, you know, instead of turfing it and chucking out, let me do the right thing and donate it. But that's like all of us. And so now, honest to goodness, if you go around Australia and try and donate a bag of women's clothes to an op shop you will be hard pressed to find any op shop who accepts women's clothing as donation because they are up to the brim with donate women's clothing like they just have too much of it like there's so much of it now they just can't sell it fast enough they don't have the storage space and so mm. now like you can't even get rid of your clothing so we're just buying too much but they're still
1: taking men's clothing
2: <laughs> yeah very much so men still have the um the, the sort of mentality that they buy something, they're going to wear it till it falls off them.
1: Okay. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But uh, men's is also on the rise with that problem, but not as big as an issue with women's clothing. I did a, um, I worked last week in an op shop. I was just volunteered for a little while and uh, a lady came in and donated some stuff and she told me she would had the bag in her car for six months. And every time she drove past an op shop, she pulled over and asked them if they would take it. And she got knocked back every single wow. time. Um, yeah. So this guy at Nike, he's just, dis- he got disillusioned. With this whole fast fashion pushing that they do mm. to make money, and so he quit. And him and his wife, they live in Oregon, have decided to design shoes, specifically baby shoes, because when it comes to, um, you know, fast fashion, baby stuff is actually the quickest because it literally has a, a use by date guaranteed uh-huh. by the child's physical growth. Uh-huh. So they've now made baby shoes that melt away into water after an infant outgrows them. Yeah. So it's this silky fabric that they've that they've um that they've like scientifically engineered. Uh-huh. It's made out of a kind of a water soluble plastic that it's the same kind of stuff that you find on the detergent pods but, or, okay, okay. or peel yep. coatings. Yep. And it's to, actually designed to last through the use of two kids. So that just sort of hand you know, retain the hand-me-down potential. So two kids and then and then it's done. So they're called woolly buds. And they have two different like sort of sizes, like for crawlers and for walkers. Um, and mm. they it, just because they dissolve in water, by the way, doesn't mean they're actually fragile. So they're baby That's tested and they're baby approved. And no matter how much a baby de- feels it's necessary to chew on them, they will not break apart. Uh-huh. Um, so you actually have to boil them in water to get rid of them. But they've said that you know what? If you like, you can just post them back. So they actually come with a little little bag. So when you're done with them, you uh. show them in the bag. You post them back to the manufacturer. The manufacturer mm. can do it for you if mm-hmm. you don't want to do it yourself. So they've did they did some research and discovered that three. Hundred million pairs of shoes end up in landfill every year, each taking forty years to decompose. Mm. It's just crazy. Um, so yes, they decided they didn't want to. They didn't want to contribute to unnecessary landfill waste, and uh, yeah, left his job. and And they took a year to develop this fabric um, to make sure it was durable enough, but uh-huh. also can literally. Break down and degrade in the right conditions. So it's a really nice silky kind of fabric, apparently. Like in my head, I'm thinking like plastic shoes. (laughs) But no, it's really nice silky, silk like fabric. And um, yeah, so you just, you gotta boil it and then you can. Turf it in your garden Okay My question
1: is mm. Do they look cool?
2: Here's a picture of them I think they because are Cute to boot Look at that Little little baby okay. piece. They kind of look like They're um like
1: m- Very minimalist
2: Yeah They they look like What's that shoe That I'm thinking of uh,
1: um, That one
2: Toms They look like Toms okay. for kids What do you reckon DJ Shell You've just had Your second grandchild They're pretty cute Right Yeah <laughs> I, I think I'm thinking About this story Because I'm surrounded by babies at the Can moment. you
1: dunk in them Yeah, you know, This guy came from Nike 19- like,
2: like, you know. Do they pump up? Yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: Like.
2: Lawson, I think the only way for you to find out is to get married, have a kid and buy some.
1: <laughs> right, baby, let's hit the court. Like, let's see what you can do. Get your woolly
2: buds on. That's so funny.
1: You're listening to The Breakfast Joe Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. You are listening to The Breakfast Show on Faith FM. And right now, we are going to have another question for the quiz. Quiz question.
2: Which ruler gave the order to execute John the Baptist?
1: Oh, It was a
2: naughty boy in the Bible.
1: Yeah, that's right. And the number to call or text is 0491 064 669. And what can people win? What are, oh, what are okay. they in the draw for?
2: It's been explained to me a bit better. so <laughs> It's a devotional box gift set, right? So it's Uh two books in one set. Uh, The first one's called The Hope of... Glory um, by John Bradshaw and then Our High Calling by E. G. White and they complement each other. So the John Bradshaw's written a book to complement E. G. White's Our High Calling. And one's for the morning and one's for the evening. So if you're like struggling to do your morning and evening devotions or you've never done them before, this would be a great a great way to start. So it's a box set. You you read one uh, book in the morning and one book in the evening. That's just a, a little bit like a page or a chapter, it's broken down for you. So it's it's a, it's a daily devotional book. So it's literally written to be read as a devotional. Uh, both of them are. So um, yeah, it's really beautiful. You can maybe like save it up for next year if you are already uh, planned out your devotions for 2022. Maybe you can use it for 2023. Uh, or maybe you can just get started. There's no time like the present to start. You don't have to start on January 1. You can start tomorrow, like July Mm-hmm. Whatever it is, twenty something, <laughs> perfect time to start your devotions. Uh-huh. So yeah, uh, give us a shot at the quiz and uh, give us a give us a call. Mm. Give us an answer, correct answer, and you can mm-hmm. be in the draw to win that on Friday when we do the big prize draw.
1: What was that question again?
2: Which ruler gave the order to execute John the Baptist?
1: Mm. Zero four nine one zero six four six six nine.
2: The more quizzes you get correct, the more chances. The
1: more entries. The more entries you get in. All right, let's talk about... Okay, I'm going to start by talking about... Well, this was probably one of the most horrific stories of last year. Oh. That um, is now kind of being followed up on, is currently in the news. Um, But this was the story about the Canadian Indigenous bodies that were found. Did you hear about this? No. So, essentially, the story goes like this. Last year, all of a sudden, um, near some... Catholic schools mm-hmm. in Canada um there was initial an initial finding of 215 unmarked graves like just bodies in the ground of indigenous children what? like first nations people yeah. in in Canada yeah that was followed a month later by the finding of 600 bodies next to a different catholic school in unmarked graves what of Indigenous children, bodies of indig- Indigenous children. Now, this, um, there's a lot of holes here. There's a lot that we don't understand, but there's a lot that we can deduce. Because essentially, in Canada, during this period of time, uh, well, during, well, not this period of time, um, but in the 19th, late, uh, late 19th century and 20th centuries, um, they had put a bill... In place, uh, where yeah, one hundred and fifty thousand during that time, one hundred and fifty thousand Indigenous children um, were yeah taken to different Catholic orphanages, um, boarding schools, and whatnot to you know bring bring them to school. It was kind of very very similar to what we saw here in Australia with the White Australia policy, like particularly like in Australia, it was like you know uh, revolving around like half-caste Aboriginal children were taken in. And
2: You're about the stolen generation.
1: The stolen generation, that's right. Um, now, they had, yeah, something similar in Canada where it was like, okay, you know, these kids need to come to state-funded Christian schools, uh, which the majority of which in Canada are Catholic, um, to get an education, and they need to be, yeah, away from their, their parents to do so. As a result, there were plenty of reports of abuse, but, you know, given the time and the situation, they went unnoticed or unchecked. Uh, But then, yeah, all of this came out in 2021, all of these mass graves for these Indigenous children.
2: But reports of abuse versus murder is a huge step. That's right.
1: Now, there isn't necessarily an explanation for this. You know, they're trying... It's pretty... These are pretty cold cases. Uh, The the children that they find, you know relatively decomposed like this is this is um situations that uh yeah occurred long ago and Man, so,
2: 600 children that's well crazy. in total
1: like 800 850 uh now at the time the question was it's like okay these are all like obviously it's not children killing children it's adults killing children mm-hmm. and this is happening at catholic schools yeah and so what's the explanation is this some type of ethnic cleansing? Is it like, what's the deal? What's going on here? Um, A lot of those questions are still left unanswered. But at the time in which this happened, there was no official statement or apology from the Catholic Church. I think at the time they were trying to understand what was taking place and and see what was going on. Because the, the, the easy deduction to make, if you have like beside a school 600 bodies, in some way these Catholic schools had to be Complicit yeah. in what was taking place. Now, uh, finally, Pope Francis has is has left Rome as of Sunday, as of yesterday. He's jumped on a plane to Canada, uh, where he'll be spending a week over there, uh, meeting with um, and apologising to First Nations people over the ordeal that's taken place. Now, I think this is good. This is necessary. This is what needs to happen. I think that the, an apology was, is what these First Nation people were really, really seeking. Um, and obviously, they're hurt, and this is a terrible situation. But I, there's so many questions left unanswered. Why did this happen? You know, what was the motivation? Why is this taking place? What was What's this whole like, okay, yeah, ethnic cleansing, racism, we see that here in Australia, you know we've in Australia had a uh, scandal and a crisis with um Aboriginal boys dying in incarceration that's being looked into by a royal commission like uh, the, we like all around the world we we have very terrible and sorry and sore histories of things like this taking place but why the angle of the Catholic church? Mm. Like what's the deal? Mm -hmm. Like what, what is going on here? And yeah, there's, there's very little explanations. I could say if we look at the history of the Catholic church, the medieval Catholic church practices, like these were incredibly common, but you know, the late 19th and 20th century is definitely not the middle ages for the Catholic church, but you know, how, how man, how are they operating in Canada? Uh, yeah, there's, there's so much to be said, so many questions. And Hey, if you if you guys have any thoughts, zero four nine one zero six, four six, six nine. I think that it's fantastic that Pope Francis is jumping on a plane to actually kind of meet these people and, uh, and apologize to them. But is, is this enough? And yeah, I don't
2: know. To me, it feels like too little too late. Yeah. Like 800 dead children, children,
1: Yikes. Yikes. Zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. Hey, I've got a couple of minutes left, and I wanted to talk about Tinder. Oh. Let's uh, do it. Sorry?
2: Let's do it. Yeah, let's
1: talk about Tinder. Now, Tinder uh, is in the news talking about basically revealing some t- statistics that they've found and, and talking about endeavouring to change those statistics. Those statistics are, if I can find them on the page, 37% of users who use Tinder reported someone, you know, Uh, distributing inappropriate behavior towards them. Mm -hmm. 63% have felt uncomfortable on a date initiated via via the dating app. So, two-thirds of people go on dates, you know, from this dating app and feel uncomfortable. And 33% have experienced harassment and abuse on such dates. Yeah. So what Tinder is now endeavoring to do is they're like, okay, we're going to put up like within the app, we're going to put like, you know, little signs that if someone's going to write abusive messages or, you know, whatever it is, we're going to say, Hey, do you really want to send that to the person? They have some AI to detect it, but I'm reading, and this is to combat these statistics, but I'm reading these statistics and it's like 33% have experienced harassment or abuse on such dates. So we're getting past the point where they're using the app, uh-huh. they're going on dates and who's going to go on a date with someone who abuses them on the app? Like, right. no one. No, so people are sweet-talking them on the app. They're going on the date and then being abused.
2: Yeah, I feel like Tinder's AI might be filtering what you actually need to know. To me, that's like if you someone sends you an abusive message, that's uh-huh. like your first red flag. You'd be like, okay, that's I'm right. not going to go on a date with them. But if the AI is stopping that from coming through and so you think it's a nice person because the AI has filtered their messages, how yeah. are you supposed to know?
1: Yeah, it's it's... This is not a solution because think think about this. Again, again, let's think about this. You are meeting with, like, and specifically Tinder as well. Yeah, Tinder is trash, dude. The hookup app. Yeah. You are meeting with people in which you do not know. Mm -hmm. Randomly. How how does Tinder not attract predators? Like yeah. this is this is my question. Like, how is it even possible for predators not to be on Tinder? Mm-hmm. And and the statistics show that. And making sure that you say nice things on the app is it's,
2: it's, yeah. That's like <laughs> no. I I can actually attest to this. I had Tinder like I thought it was like another Instagram, so I uh-huh. downloaded it not knowing what it was, and literally like within the 20, first twenty four hours, I deleted it because I had so many disgusting messages yeah. sent to me from men. And I was like, what is this app? And then I actually Googled what Tinder was and then delivered But then
1: it's like, hey, there's bad people in the world. right? You know, bad people online. You know, you can get that but on Facebook. But this gives them
2: access to you. But
1: then this is, they're seeing each other in person. And, and all I have to say to this is if you're looking for love, turn to the Lord. <laughs> like, <laughs> don't go to Tinder. Go to God. Like, let him work in your life. You're listening to The Breakfast Joe Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different, and we're going to have our third question for the quiz.
2: Which Caesar issued the decree that brought Joseph and Mary to Bethlehem?
1: Oh, Ooh, a bit of a harder one, I reckon. Which which political leader?
2: Yeah, which the Caesar,
1: Caesar, not the salad. <laughs> The guy.
2: Or the dressing, don't, or the dressing either. Don't
1: say chicken. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be incorrect.
2: 0491064669. <laughs> Which Caesar issued the decree that brought Joseph and Mary to Bethlehem?
1: Amazing. Well, hey, well, we're just kind of talking about food then, but now we'll be definitely talking about food and all things health because on the phone we have Dr. Justin Jackson with us. Justin, are you there? I am,
0: absolutely. Good morning. It's great to be with you.
1: We are so glad to have you here to continue our series on Gems for Life from the Creation Week. That's what we've been looking at. That's what we've been trying to understand. How can we see from the Creation Week things that we can um, practice today and what are the best prescriptions for health from the first two chapters of Genesis?
0: And that is so true. This series is about really rediscovering our origins and design and what an amazing impact this has on our health as we go back to Genesis.
1: Now, when we talk about origins, a lot of people want to take us back to maybe a paleo diet that's full of meat and and protein, maybe reflecting on some evolutionary history and caveman and whatnot. Um, but God designed, uh, according to the Bible, God designed our diet originally to be like plant-based.
0: No, that's, that's absolutely true. So in Genesis 2, and we've looked at this in one of our segments previously, um, that God tells us, look, I've given you every seed-bearing plant throughout the earth and all the fruit trees for your food. So, so that was our
1: true origin. Oh, okay. So essentially then, like a lot of people, they then, you know, ascribe that to cavemen and, oh, like cavemen were eating paleo diets. But what we see is that yeah, it was originally like, like like plant-based. This very much predates cavemen. At that time, I think they were like garden men. You could call them living in the garden of Eden. <laughs> um, but yeah, originally it was plant-based.
0: That's absolutely true. But it is very interesting, though, that we can learn a lot from the diet of cavemen and Mm. hunter-gatherers, even though the original diet was there, as you said, in the garden. Um, And scientists are actually studying, this is a fascinating field of science, but the preserved remains of human feces or human Mm. poo. And what this is telling us is that our ancestors ate a huge amount of fibre in their diet, more than 100 grams a day then fibre comes from plants.
1: Yeah, sure. Like if they've got 100, you won't get that from a pig or a cow. Um, but if they've got 100 grams per day, like is that like comparable to, you know, how much we eat today?
0: Oh, what we eat today is only a tiny fraction of that amount. So today the average fits somewhere around 10 grams, depending on the individual, in, in Western society. So we've become experts at distract, uh, extracting only the simple sugars from our food and getting rid of that fiber, as well as you know, putting a lot of animal-based products in, in our diet. Wait,
1: wait, wait. So we are only eating 10 grams of fiber a day versus our ancestors, which ate 100 grams of fiber a day. Essentially, they're eating 10 times more plant-based Materials and food than we are. Is, is that the deduction? Yep. It, it, it goes
0: against the modern um, sort of notion of, of the caveman, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but it does fit with the original diet prescription from Genesis. So this is something that our listeners probably won't, won't be aware of, but our own Australian Aboriginals, who did need to rely on meat supplementation as part of their diet, had well over fifty grams of fiber per day, and interestingly historians tell us that there was this yam daisy known as mm. the Myrnong, um, that the indigenous Australians actually probably farmed to be honest um, like our potato and so they ate that that root of it mm. and somewhere around twenty to forty percent of their intake before European settlers came. Um, in the southern parts of Australia at least, from this myrtle with with very high fibre in their diet.
1: Wow, that's incredible. So, even like our ancestors here in Australia, they were eating incredibly high amounts of fibre. Now, again, we only eat, as you said, 10 grams a day. So, should we really care? Like, okay, if they were eating so much, is that what we should get back to, or are we, you know, different now? Have our bodies changed? Are we not supposed to eat that much fiber?
0: Yeah, no, that's a great question. You're really saying, well, why does it matter? Like, Mm, if they eat 50 grams and we only eat 10, well, so what? But the the key here is that fiber feeds the bacteria in our gut, so our gut microbiome. And those bacteria have a huge influence on our health
1: okay the the microbiome so we've got this like zoo of bacteria in our guts living inside us and as you're saying it's it's important that they're okay yeah we we've, we've, we've got to feed them so <laughs> let me just put put this in
0: perspective our human cells are outnumbered by the bacterial cells in our body so if you look at it that way we're actually more bacteria than Human. Oh, wow. <laughs> and to give you an idea, there's estimated to be 100,000 million stars in the Milky Way. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of stars there. Yeah. But in our body, there are 100 times more cells, human cells, that is, than stars in the Milky Way. Mm-hmm. And there's even more bacteria than there are human cells. So that that just gives it some perspective.
1: Dude, if we're, if we're more bacteria than, than human, you'd have to think that the bacteria within your your gut, your microbiome, would have a massive influence on your health and how you live, right?
0: Absolutely massive. So previously, we talked about the phytochemicals in the plants Mm. and how they're absorbed into our bloodstream and act as chemical messengers directly, um, you know, having anti-cancer, antioxidant, anti-inflammatory properties. But... The microbiome also makes its own array of chemical messengers from the fibre. So it breaks down the fibre, makes these chemical messengers, a kind of middleman or middle bug, so to speak, between our food and our bodies. And then these chemical messengers impact on our health.
1: Mm. So essentially what you're saying is that we are not only looking after what, what we, like ourselves, our own stomach, uh, like, well, we're looking after ourselves, but we're also eating for trillions of bacteria that are down there, and what we eat matters to them because it matters to us.
0: That's absolutely right, yeah. So if we don't have fiber in our diet, the fiber-loving bacteria starve. They shrivel and die and become extinct. Uh-huh. And the unhealthy toxin-producing bacteria take their place. So there are multiple mass extinctions happening right now. We should really be calling mass rallies marching down the street and waving Mm -hmm. placards, save our fiber-loving bacteria. (laughs) They are just so important. Um, Let me give you a few examples. But if a mother has a high-fiber diet during pregnancy... Her fiber-loving bacteria in her gut produce chemical messengers which stimulate the thymus. Now, that's a gland in the neck that makes immune cells Mm. of her unborn baby. Uh So that's just incredible. In contrast, if she has a high-fat diet, then it actually causes the thymus in her unborn baby to shrink and the immune cells to die off. And this is via the messengers in the gut
1: microbiome. So the fiber feeds the bacteria, which makes a chemical influence within the immune system of a baby that's not even born yet.
0: That's, that's exactly it. No, and it, that's just one example. Almost all Western diseases have a large component that's directly related to our gut microbiome. And if we eat a predominantly animal-based diet within a few days, instead of fiber-loving bacteria, we get these bile-loving bacteria that replace them mm. and they destroy the mucous layer that protects the lining of the gut. Mm. They also destroy the tight junctions between the gut cells and in common um, lay language, this is known as leaky gut. Yes, and essentially, yes. it allows the bacterial toxins and other harmful substances to get into the bloodstream. Then these harmful substances that have leaked through cause inflammation Mm. and that's what causes the diseases, the obesity, the diabetes, the immune disease, cancer, and also the psychological diseases as well, interestingly. Mm. Those toxins cause anxiety and other other, uh, mental health problems. So Mm. just incredible.
1: So now that we know our great need for fiber in our diet and how it can be such a blessing to us... How can we then incorporate this health jam from Creation Week? How can we incorporate that into our diet?
0: Well, I think firstly, we can remember that all plants contain fiber. So even if the plant looks mushy, like avocado, um, it will have fiber in it. And we need to incorporate as many different types of plant foods into our diet because every plant food has a different kind of fibre and that will increase the, the um, different kinds of bacteria that, that love that food. Mm. It's winter at the moment, so be creative with spinach or kale, beetroot leaves, um, but just the whole gamut, nuts, mm. whole grains, legumes, fruits, bark, flowers, <laughs> everything. Um, put that into our diet. So first thing is remember that all plants contain fibre. The second thing is, remember that only plants contain fiber. Mm. So if the food is not a plant food, it won't have fiber. And if it doesn't have fiber, it won't be feeding those fiber-loving bacteria that we need. Um, Thirdly, remember that many of our plant foods have had their fiber removed. So um, our plant foods, Need to be whole plant foods mm. as close to the package as it originally came in. So things like juices, refined flowers, sugars, oils, they, they don't have the fiber either and they should be used sparingly if at all. Mm. And finally, um, and this is really interesting to me. If you can grow or surf some locally grown food, then absolutely do it because the bacteria that we need to break down that food, actually come on that food, packaged, ready to come into our stomach and be part of that process that I've talked about. So mm. it's just, just just incredible that there not only is the fiber, but the bacteria that are going to use that fiber on that food that you've just, you know, that apple that you've just picked from the tree or the spinach that you've just picked from your garden. Mm.
1: That, that's amazing.
0: So it is. It is. Yes.
1: So essentially, the the message that we're left with is all plant foods contain fiber. Only plant foods contain fiber. Whole plant foods have the complete package. So we're we're in need to go and to eat things, as he said, as close to the packet as possible, if if even possible. Just go and buy fresh food, or oh, or grow it yourself. And then and then what happens is that our microbes in our our gut microbe doesn't die and then we live our best lives. Is that is that is that it
0: That's it. And it just reminds us that the complete package um, comes from that from that picture that we have in, in Genesis one and two there oh, where amazing. we were in a garden, we were eating that that whole plant based food directly from the tree with the bacteria and um yeah, the vast array of different bacteria in our gut, all working in synchrony to produce chemical messengers um, to give us optimal health.
1: Awesome stuff. Dr. Justin Jackson, thank you so much for joining us this morning on The Breakfast Show, Bring us an incredible message on how we can live better and how we can eat better.
2: Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.